Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to the book of John, book of John chapter 4. And we would like to read this morning verses 23 through verse 30. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him, God of the Spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, when he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and made marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man saith, what seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot. Notice, left her water pot. Why had she come to the well? But she left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Today we'll be looking at verses 23 and 24. If you remember, the woman had said to Jesus, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus answered her by saying, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither, neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. He then proceeded to tell her that she worshiped the Samaritans worshipped that which they know not, that which they knew not. But he went on to tell them that the Jews, we, he said, know 
what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. Salvation cometh from the Jews. Salvation cometh from the tribe of Judah. Through the Messiah. And then he says in verse 23, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers, the true worshipers, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship, seeketh true worshipers to worship Him. The title of this point is True Worship. Verses 23 and 24 is taken into account. Jesus, here in these verses, draws the mind of the woman from the place of worship to the person being worshipped. And also, he draws her mind from the form to the spirit, the spirit of worship, which the right spirit of worship is found only in the true worshipers. The true worshipers, those who worship the true God, the sovereign, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, the creator of heaven and earth, and all things that in them are. Those who worship the true God and worship him in a, a right manner. Doesn't matter whether they're Jew, whether they're Samaritan, or whether they're Gentile. If they're a true worshiper, and they worship him, they worship him in a right manner. And the true worshipers only worship the true God and only worship him in a right manner. I have thought much on that lately. I question myself. I question our worship. Our 
we worshiping? When we worship, when we say that we're worshiping, are we worshiping the true God? And are we worshiping him in a right manner? You see, the Samaritans, uh, he, he, he is basically saying to them, the Samaritans, they didn't worship the true God. <laughs> and if there were any that worship, made a pretense of worshiping the true God, they didn't do it in a manner. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew. And this is, if you really think about this passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 through 9, if you really pay attention to, to what these words are saying here and really think about on this passage of Scripture, you have to confess with me that this is a solemn, passage of scripture that it speaks solemnly to us today Jesus here speaking said ye hypocrites well did Isaiah prophesy or Isaiah prophesy of you saying rightly did he they prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. What he is saying here to these hypocrites is that they were going near to God, Speaking the name of God and making a pretense at honoring Him with their lips. But notice he said, their heart, not, not that organ inside your body which is pumping blood. But the, the, the seat of their, of their thoughts and expressions, the seat of their desires and passions was far from him. Is there any of us here today like that? That we've come in into the house of the Lord speaking the name of God, honoring Him with our lips. But our heart is far from Him. Notice he called them hypocrites. So are we a hypocrite? Verse 9. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Here he really nails it on the head. Not only the thoughts that we brought up, 
from verses 7 and 8. But now he says, says these were teaching for doctrines, for teachings of Christ, for the teaching of God. The commandments of men. The teachings of men. Is there any of us that have entered in here today thinking concerning the Word of God, our ideas and our thoughts and desires? Well, the Word of God says this, which is totally opposite. You see, have any of us taken a portion of Scripture and taken it out of context and made it fit our thoughts? If we have, and when we do, Jesus said we're hypocrites. And we're not a true worshiper. Even though we speak the name of God, the Lord above, the sovereign of the universe, the omnipotent, the omniscient, the omnipresent one, the one who's holy and just and right, the creator of all things, But if we're entering with our own thoughts and ideas, then we're not a true worshiper. We're a hypocrite in our worship. Like I said, I quiz myself. I search myself on these questions. When I come into the house of the Lord, is my heart truly worshiping the true God, the creator of heaven and earth, the sovereign? The omnipotent, the omniscient, the omnipresent one is in my heart truly worshiping Him. That means all my ideas and all my thoughts put off to the side. It's what does He say? He said, not only true worshipers, but they. They will worship him in spirit. Worship spiritually. It is not, it's not mere external righteous, not a, a mere uh, performance of the body. It's not a bodily exercise. Those things which pertain to the flesh. It's from an affectionate heart. Affectionate heart. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. Jesus summed up the first set of 
the Ten Commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. When we come into the house of the Lord, do we think about who we're coming to worship, who we're coming to meet with? Is there an affection in our heart for Him? Is there an affection in our heart for Him wanting to bring honor and glory unto Him? And all that we say and do? Do we come giving God the reverential worship of an enlightened mind? Listen, if you do not have an enlightened mind, that is a mind that has been enlightened by God. Enlightened by the Holy Spirit of God. In other words, you've not been regenerated. You can't worship Him. Turn with me to the book of Romans. The book of Romans in chapter 8. And look with me here at verse 15. Romans 8 and verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's what we were. And if you're here with that spirit, the spirit of bondage, the spirit that is in bondage to sin, you can't worship God. But we that are in Christ Jesus, we that are saved, we that are are. Christ and follow and, and, and manifesting that we're in Christ by following the Holy Spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of bondage. That's what we were. The spirit that we had. That was our spirit before. But ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We now have a changed spirit. Our spirit now is a, the spirit of adoption. The spirit that says I'm a child of God. The spirit that is a child of God. And it cries out, Father, Father. Affectionately. What do you feel? Inwardly, what do you feel in your in your your thoughts, your expressions, the desires, and the passions of your innermost being when you speak the name of Father, Father, our dear heavenly Father? Is there great affection for His name? That's the spirit that now abides in the child of God. 
The Spirit says, Father, my Father, my Heavenly Father. Jesus, in teaching his disciples to pray, said, Our Father. Does that mean something to you? Did it mean something to you as you were coming to church this morning? As you were coming to assemble together? Did it mean something to you? Did, did you get, even give it a thought where you were going? Did you even give it a thought that you were coming to meet with your Father? Your Heavenly Father? And His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died and gave Himself. A ransom for your souls? Did we think of those things? Was our heart swelled up within us with joy and humility at the prospect of meeting God? It's the Spirit of God that takes us prostrate before the Father. <laughs> we don't want here all proud and egotistical. To do so is to be hypocritical. To walk, walk in full of pride and exaltation and speak the name of God under the pretense of is to be hypocritical. We read it to you in Matthew chapter 15. The true worshipers are laying prostrate at the feet of Jesus Christ. They're laying prostrate before their Heavenly Father. We come in, into the assembly with a heart of humility before our God. Look with me down at verse 26 in this 8th chapter of Romans. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also. We have, we have the Spirit of adoption. We have a, a new Spirit. We now, now have the Spirit of a child of God. And we're being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And likewise, that Spirit, the Spirit of God, also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. That speaks humility, folks. What do I know? What did I know concerning God? I know that He's higher. I know that He's greater. I know that I'm just a vile, wretched sinner whom God loved and was pleased to be gracious and merciful to. It's the Spirit that takes us before the throne of God is the Spirit that causes us to be able to worship in the house of prayer and worship. 
But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You see, it must be in a right spirit. A spirit that's been again by the Spirit of God. Taking that Spirit, taking our Spirit before our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father. That we are to worship Him. To worship in spirit. Our whole heart should be engaged. There again, not the organ that blood through our body but the whole of our desires and passions ought to be poured out before him it ought to be under the influence and the assistance of the spirit of God in fact Without Him, without Him, we cannot worship. We cannot pray. We cannot praise Him. Cannot preach. We can't even hear rightly without the Spirit of God. And He said, in truth, according to to truth. To worship Him is to worship according to truth. Turn with me to the book of John, in chapter 1. This is the first, <laughs> the first prerequisite. After that, we have the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is taking us prostrate before our Heavenly Father. Well, we don't have the Spirit of God if we don't have Jesus. Plain and simple. Verse 17 of John chapter 1. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came Jesus Christ. How did grace and truth come? By Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is grace. Jesus Christ is truth. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 8, I am the way, the truth. He said in John chapter 17 and verse 17, to the Father, he said, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Proclaiming himself to be both the word and the truth, which John claims him to be so in John, this first, first chapter of John. So grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. It must be in the person of Jesus Christ. But in the person of Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling us, the spirit of adoption, the spirit that we are a child of God. But it doesn't stop there. 
We must seek the Spirit leading to take us, to take us prostrate before our Heavenly Father through Christ Jesus. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. The book of the Psalms in chapter 145. Psalms 145 and look with me at verse 18. Psalms 145 and verse 18 says this, The Lord is nigh, the Lord is near unto all them that call upon Him. To all that call upon Him in truth. In truth, not according to man's word, not according to what you think or what I think, but according to truth, according to God's word, according to thus saith the Lord Jesus Christ, thus doeth the Lord Jesus Christ. It's according to truth. In a, a manner suited to the revelation he has made of himself to us. And carries with it the force of worshiping according to truth. All this is involved in our worship of him. It's not in pretense. These and these alone are acceptable worshipers to the Father. <laughs> Must be in the person of Jesus Christ, filled with the Spirit of God, led by the Spirit of God, worshiping the true God, the Creator of heaven and earth, the sovereign of the universe, the sovereign, omnipotent, omniscient, and omniscient, omnipresent one. God is not a material being. God is not bound by time, space, and matter. He's not a material being as we are, made up of flesh and blood and bones. But he is a spiritual being. Verse 24 of our text says, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Not that which you can see. He fills all things. He's in all things. He created all things. He's everywhere at the same time. He's here this morning. 
said. Where his church was assembled, whether it be two or three, even as small as two or three, there am I with him also. We must worship him in spirit. Turn with me to the book of Philippians. Book of Philippians in chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 3. Hear the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. We're the circumcision. Not circumcision in the flesh, but circumcision in the heart. We've had the, we've had the, the, the filth and the, and the dross cut out of our desires and passions. We now have the desires and passions of wanting to, to serve and to worship God. And we worship God in the spirit. Not with, not with the spirit of, of bondage to sin like we were before salvation, but the spirit of adoption. The spirit of a child of God. And desires to come before our Father as a little child. Child desires to crawl up in his Father's lap. And to be cuddled. And rejoice in Christ Jesus. And have no confidence in the flesh. You see, there's humility. There's no confidence in my flesh. I can't, I can't come before the Father in the flesh. I come before the Father in humility. Realizing that, that it's all a work of His. It's a work of grace. It's a work of the Holy Spirit of God leading and directing my path, leading and directing my life. And I come, oh, I come affectionately before Him. How have we entered? How have we entered the house of the Lord this morning? Have we entered in such a manner? We must depend upon God's Spirit for strength, for assistance. We must lay our souls under His influence. We must devote our own spirits to use them in the service of God. That's what the Holy Spirit of God led, led the Apostle Paul to testify of, of to the Romans. Turn with me to the book of Romans in, in chapter 1. Book of Romans in chapter 1 and verse 9. He said here in, in word of testimony to the Romans, he said, For God is my witness. 
whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. That without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. God's my witness. And it's this God that is my witness that, that I serve with my spirit in Christ. Is our spirit made to serve him? Is our spirit made this morning to worship him and to serve him? We must worship him in truth. God requires not only the inward part in our worship, but truth. Truth in the inward part. Turn with me back to the book of Psalms again. Psalms in chapter 17. And look at verse 1. Hear the right, O Lord. Attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips, not out of lips of deceit and hypocrisy. What did God, what did Jesus say about those who spoke with feigned lips, with lips of deceit, with lips of hypocrisy? They worshiped him in vain. To no account. In other words, they weren't, weren't really worshiping him at all. And the psalmist here is professing the truth. He's coming before him in truth. Not in with lip deceit and hypocrisy. Turn with me to the 51st chapter. Chapter 51. And look at verse 6. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. That, that, that word inward parts there in the Hebrew means in the in the inner thoughts, the innermost thoughts and expressions. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. You see, God desires truth in our innermost thoughts. And then he'll implant to us, he'll give to us Wisdom, his wisdom, wisdom which is a, from above. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews in chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. 
where we read, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance, in full confidence, with a true heart. How have we entered this morning? Have we drawn near with a true heart? Or is our heart somewhere else? I dare say more times than we'd like to admit we enter the house of the Lord he doesn't have truth in the inward parts we haven't entered we haven't drawn near with a true heart At best, most of the time, probably only part of our heart. Part of our innermost thoughts are here. Only, he only has part of our desires and passions. Does he have them all? Let us draw near in a true heart in full assurance and full confidence of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. <laughs> you see, the, the first part of this verse has to deal with the inner, inner part. The inner man. A true heart. Full confidence of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. But also our bodies. Our life. The life which we live. In these bodies. Must be washed. With pure water. In other words, are we living a holy and a righteous life before God? Have we made confession of our sin and our shortcomings before we enter in to His presence to assemble with the saints? Our aim is. God's glory. Our aim is not to be seen of men. Well, I did my duty. I was, I was there today. Were we? Were we? God knows. Worship must be of a spiritual nature. It must come from the heart through the influence of the Holy Spirit it must be truth not only in sincerity some folks are as sincere as they can be but they're dead wrong it must be performed according to 
that divine revelation which he has given of himself. We worship God in spirit. When under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we bring all our affections to the throne of God. We worship in truth when every purpose and passion of our heart and when every act of our religious worship is guided, is regulated by the Word of God to God. Did you catch that? When it's regulated, our every action, our every thought is regulated by the Word of God, and it is to God for His honor and for His glory. Shall we stand?